What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome to the Dogs Podcast. Let's kick this thing off. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles, and Josh All. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast. Uh, for anyone new to the show, I'm Blake Reniker. I'm joined by Zach Kopp, Josh All, and Justin Charles. Um, as you can see, not in the studio today. Kind of a busy week for everybody. Tough to get everybody's schedules lined up and linked up. So we had to do a uh, kind of like a throwback quarantine edition of the podcast. Uh, Josh was the only one who could make it into the studio today, so good for him. Um, if you're new to the show, please check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, check it us out on YouTube. Subscribe, please. We're working our way closer to 100. That's our goal in life right now. So help us get to 100 uh, YouTube subscribers. Um, hey, it's our first episode of a victory. To celebrate a victory. How awesome is that? Man, it really feels good talking about some of the things that we didn't do well when we have a, you know, a win behind it. Um, way better than last week's performance. So it's good to see you guys, see you guys on a victory Tuesday. Yeah, I don't know how many, how many of these we're going to get this year. So uh, let's enjoy it. <laughs> well, I guess it, I guess it all depends on what team shows up and what quality opponent we get to play every week. Yep. Mm. Yeah, no, it, yeah, definitely going to be a lot nicer talking about the win, some of the things we did right this week that were a lot of things I think we've been preaching about all preseason long that we wanted to see some of it kind of came to life uh, this thir- this past Thursday so I excited to kind of dive in there were some things we still got we still got to get back oh we're not a well-oiled yeah we're not a well-oiled <laughs> machine yet we got we got some work to do but it's it's easier to work on those things after a win uh all right well hey before we dive into the game that's uh, i wanted to touch on some of the injury updates so we had uh greedy williams mac wilson kevin johnson all back at practice this week which is huge for the browns um i guess they're uh we're going to determine their status later in the week but potentially they could play this week and i would assume if they don't play this week at least you know by uh 
the, the following week against the Cowboys. They should be back, I would assume, if they're practicing already. Um, we talked about it before, Adrian Claiborne, uh, going to try to play through an abdominal injury. So hopefully that's not too bad for him and he can keep playing because he's been a standout for us so far this season. Um, we actually escaped the game with the Bengals without any major injuries. I've been saying I hate when the Browns don't play on Sundays because, you know, it doesn't give me anything to do on a Sunday. Man, I'm happy the Browns didn't play this Sunday because it's like, does anybody even have any players to play in fantasy left? I've never seen a week like this ever in the NFL when it comes to injuries. It seemed like every every five minutes another big name was going down. Uh, so the Browns should consider themselves extremely lucky this week that we didn't have any big-name players go down with any significant injuries. Yeah, and big, big names. That's That was the thing. You know, all these injuries happened. What they say? There were seven or nine torn ACLs this weekend on Sunday? Like, that doesn't happen. The Niners had two of them. Right. Yeah, two exactly. of their best defensive players. I guess that there's a uh, there's a lot of talk after the game that the turf was uh, yeah. being questioned by the 49ers because Jimmy G also was hurt in that game. So was Raheem Mostert. Uh, so they had some other guys go down, not as season-ending injury type like Bosa and uh, the other DN that they had. But, uh, yeah, so the turf was in question. But there was nothing the week before. Pittsburgh and the Giants didn't say anything the week before. So there's still some talk about that. And guess what? I think that uh, San Fran gets to play on the same field this week. Yeah, they do. They have to play the Jets this week. They're, <laughs> gonna go, they're right back there. That, that's why I think that they're trying to get ahead of it. You know, well, at least right they, the they'll get field. a victory out of it. <laughs> sure, I don't know, man. I feel like they lost uh, Dude, a lot of players. Dude, it's the Jets. Come on, man. Over the Jets. <laughs> I still think, yeah, we'll get into our picks later, but spoiler alert, I'm still taking the Niners over the Jets. <laughs> uh, all right, well, hey, I think uh, no better time than the present to dive into the game. So we kind of split it up this week. We want to talk about what went right for the Browns, then we'll kind of talk about what we're, what we're wrong for the Browns. Um, way more went right this week than last week. So I think the very first thing that needs to be talked about is Baker Mayfield looked like the Baker of old. He had his swag back, looked more athletic. Um, he's way more accurate than he has been. It almost looked like the ball had more zip, like he had a stronger arm this week or something. I don't know. And I'm going to take all the credit because I called him out, and then he oh, stepped God. up. So he must be watching the show. And uh, I put that chip on his shoulder, back on his shoulder for him. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what you guys think. Well, I mean, we we did say I feel last. Like you're a flip flopper. <laughs> one week, no. one week you want to trade him. One week you, uh, he's the 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 heir to Cleveland sports. <laughs> uh, you know, Zach, uh, do you have any feeling on this? Because uh, yeah. he was Zach was particularly uh, upset via text messages. Yeah. So yeah, I was just because it went from. Uh, Blake, you know, bashing Baker last week, and then yeah. here we are in the game, and Blake's saying, you know, oh, yeah, Baker, you know, looks good. We're looking good as a team. I was like, hey, slow your roll here, buddy. Uh, you hey, just got done bashing. You were trading him for Gardner Minshew. Hey, I, I never once said that I hope Baker sucks all the time. I said I needed him this week to show me that he was going to do something, and he did what he, he played like a number one overall pick. I never said I hated Baker or anything like that, but – we gave him a year and he sucked for a year. Then we gave him another week and he sucked for that week. So all he did was come out and do what he was supposed to do. And I'm serious. I think a big thing for Baker is 
he's got to find that thing like that disrespect, like somehow somebody disrespected him. And I think all week he heard Joe Burrow's the better quarterback. Joe Burrow had a better college career and he wasn't going to let a rookie come in and outplay him. And he had that chip on his shoulder and he looked way more confident. And I don't know, maybe we, Stefanski's got to find something like that every week for him. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. it is with Baker, but he it's like he doesn't play well unless he was disrespected. Well, and I, I think a little bit of that, but also a big thing is, I mean, we got the run game going, and that's and that makes Baker look a lot better too because we have two, you know, all-pro caliber running backs that a defense has to prepare for, and when they're running, and we'll get into some of the stats um, with the run game that we had that were crazy. So we have really good running backs, but, you know, I kind of want to touch on the offensive line. Uh and how improved they are in both the passing, pass blocking and the run blocking. Uh, some of the stats are crazy to think about. And it's like, is our offensive line really that good? Are the Bengals that bad? I think it's a little bit of both. We'll find out this week against the Redskins. The Redskins have a very good front seven. So this is, this is kind of, you know, when we get into our preview with the Redskins, I want to see this offense and this line and Baker play well against – a good defense. So I guess we'll find out with that. Um, another thing I want to touch on, I don't know if you guys noticed, but we got Odell the ball. We got it to him early and often. And we didn't, and we were getting to him without forcing it to him. It was, it seemed like it was very much in the flow of the offense. Uh, it wasn't just us dropping back and just throwing it to him wherever he was and hoping he'd make the catch in double coverage or something like that. It was very organic. Um, it reminded me, I think Stefanski, we, we saw the Stefanski that we thought we were going to get when it came to play calling. We saw, you know, it looked like digs out there, the, the kind of play calling. That that touchdown, that double move on the play action boot, that's like a staple of what I think what we're going to be doing all season long. Um you know, and like we said at the, in the uh, before the season, Odell didn't have a ton of catches, but he still had what seventy four yards or something like that and a touchdown. Yeah. I think that's along the lines of what you'll see from him this year. I think you'll see you know four to six catches, but they're going to be big plays and he'll probably have a touchdown, something like that. Uh, and it was, I think that's the kind of thing, especially if we win. I think you know we'll keep everybody happy. Yeah, I was going to say, I was just going to comment on when you said we got the ball to Odell early and often. Early, yeah. I don't know about often. I mean, four catches. And I know what you're saying. You're exactly right. I mean, this is to fancy's offense. This is how this is going to run. Look for him to have high yardage games on, you know, low volume of, of passing attempts. But, you know, if he doesn't get those big, big plays, then he's going out there and putting up two for, you know, 19 or whatever. So... Well, I'm going to say this, too. The game dictated – I mean, Baker only threw the ball 23 times. So, for Odell to have four of the catches, I mean, he had 20% of the the catches that were available for the game. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. And I think, you know, so I actually didn't get to watch the second half until yesterday morning because I had to go to work that night. And I thought, man, Odell disappeared in the second half. What, what happened? Did our offense go to crap in the second half? No, the game just – first of all, we'll get into how bad the defense is. We didn't have the ball that much in the second half. And then when we did, our run game was so dominant. I mean, Baker hardly even attempted passes in the second half. So, the box score was – you know, I was just kind of keeping up with the box score. A little deceiving for the second half. We were just as dominant in the second half as we were in the first half. 
Um, so one thing I noted down here, I was taking notes on my phone while watching the game so I could put this together, and I put, damn, we have some good running backs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, we – how nice is it? I, it's almost like our philosophy too. Like I, I'm seeing Hunt, and I'm like, man, we're not getting Hunt very involved. And then all of a sudden, fourth quarter comes around, and we just like unleash him. How nice is it to have fourth quarter against a tired defense, and then we bring in a fresh league leading rusher? Well, I mean, I, mean, I don't know how yeah, teams are going to stop that. Chubb goes out and he gets 22 carries, and Cream Hunt still got 10. And both of these guys were over five yards a carry. Hunt was almost nine. He was like eight and a half, a little over eight and a half yards of carry. Like, dang, man. That's what we that's oh, what we need to be I'm, doing. I was very worried because for all week, all I heard was Nick Chubb, my guy. Hunt signs this big contract, you know, you know, he's out. Chubb's gonna be gone. And then it was nice to see the Browns just absolutely force feed him the ball. I think at one point I looked and he had 19 carries and Hunt had one. And I was like, wow, they've completely gone to you know, Nick Chubb for this game. And then, like you guys said, fourth quarter, Hunt is super fresh and just buries Cincinnati. And then, you know, obviously Cincinnati comes out and throws it 60 more times and, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so one of the big things that I saw, like, yeah, I agree. Both running backs we got are, you know, legit. They're elite backs. Um, Oh, hey, that's my dog. Hey, Yeah, we got a couple of dogs here in the podcast. I mean, <laughs> you're going to see on the screen when you're watching this. But uh, we had we had ten carries, uh, or nine carries of ten yards or more in the game. And on, let me make sure I get the number right. On seven of those nine carries, uh, we didn't. The running backs weren't contacted till three yards down the field. Um, that's just a tribute to the line. Okay, and I'd say both the running backs we have are backs that. You know, light contact can break a tackle. So you're not getting touched till three yards upfield, and you break one tackle, and it's a. I mean, you're you're looking at a six yard gain um, on a carry, and I think that just goes to tribute to what we've been preaching about that you have to have the offensive line. That was one of the biggest holes that we had to fix, and uh, we're not 100 percent healthy on the line either. No, uh, Conklin wanna... didn't play, right? They yeah, had, Jack uh, Conklin, Chris I want to give a shout-out to there. Chris Hubbard because the beginning of the game, I was like, man, Conklin's not playing great. Hubbard's out there. We've seen this game before. <laughs> and then I didn't notice him at all, except for I just noticed that we ran for 200-some yards as a team. So, good game by uh, Chris Hubbard. Uh, so, I, I kind of think Stefanski has a – I think we saw a blueprint a little bit in this game. We, talked, we touched on it. I think you're going to see a lot of Nick Chubb first half even three quarters. I think he's going to get 80% of the carries. And then that's when we're going to bring in a hunt. So I think you're going to see a lot of that, you know, like Justin said, 19 carries to one. And then all of a sudden you're going to see, I don't know, in five minute span, Cream Hunt has 10 carries. And also Cream Hunt in the past game so far this season has been, he only had two targets this game, but he caught both of them. One of them for a touchdown. I think he had what, like eight targets last week or something for four or six catches. Yep. Uh, it's so nice to see a head coach and a play caller actually be able to utilize the weapons. Kareem Hunt, you know? does does he not – he looks like a ferocious monster. Like, I, I always forget kind of how big he actually is. Like, that dude is thick. He's got those thick thighs. He's a power running back who can move. I love it. He looks so – Go ahead, Blake. Go ahead. So, it's crazy because, like you were saying, they – 
he really came in super fresh. And we had talked about how good Chubb was, even to go with what Zach said about, you know, contact on the field and everything like that. So Nick Chubb averaged 5.6 a carry. You're like, man, 5.6, that's insane. They bring Hunt in for this game, and he ends up with 8.6 yards uh, a carry. I mean, he's ba- he's basically your you're set up perfectly for first downs on second. Even if he's running first down, you're getting eight and a half. It's insane. We've never had that kind of production. I mean, I no, can't think. I- maybe Jamal Lewis way back in the day. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I think I think so in this game how important it is for the Browns to not get behind early because then we can, we can run the offense. We were on a run. I think last week in Baltimore, you saw we weren't going to stop a nosebleed and it had the coach, it had Stefanski doing things. I think were a little out of character going a fake punt, you know, like inside our own 30. Um, we were in shotgun uh, throwing the ball, you know, 30 some 40 times. I think that's way out of character for what we want to do and probably way out of character for what we practiced all week. And it just, as soon as the game started, it was like open the floodgates and we couldn't stop anything. I think, um, Honestly, as bad as our defense is, I know you typically defer the second half, but do the Browns start taking the ball first if they win the toss just so they can maybe come out and establish the way they want to call the game and try to get a lead? Because (laughs) it's almost like depending on who we're playing, if you give them the ball first, your offense is coming on the field probably down at least 3 nothing. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Do you want the other team to score right at the beginning of the game or right at the beginning of the third quarter? Because it's going to happen one or the other. (laughs) Our defense is absolutely terrible. Oh, my gosh. I mean, come on, guys. It's the Bengals. And Joe Burrow, it's his second game ever. No preseason, no no offseason, nothing. Second game as a pro. And he just tore us apart. I mean, he looked. I will say. I will say this. So he played a terrible, terrible defense. And I was not sold on Joe Burrow at all. He made a couple of throws in that game where I went, oh, I get it. Yeah. There was one. I can't remember even who. I want to say it was the T. Higgins, but it was a sideline throw. He literally dumped it right over the top of one, like I, a cornerback. I don't It wasn't Denzel. Denzel locked down A.J. Green basically the whole game. But he right. dropped it in between two guys, and I literally went, Cool. Guys, I, I think Joe Burrow is going to be a problem for many years. And, and yeah, Lamar absolutely. Jackson is going to be a problem for many years. So it's like, gosh, darn it, man. Like, But Joe Burrow looks good. A, yeah, if they build a line around that guy mm-hmm. and their defense, their defense isn't very good either. I mean, but they have mm-hmm. they have pieces in place. They have Mixon. Ty, obviously, Tyler Boyd has a huge game. I mean, there's guys on that team that – they have pieces in place. Now it's going to take a while. It might end up being like the Browns where it takes the, everybody's whole life. You know, we've been waiting our whole life for a decent team. And I don't, we don't, I'm not even sure we have one of those. Yet, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Burrow. I'll say a couple of things about Burrow. One, he, uh, he, we didn't get many sacks. I don't know how many sacks we had for the game. We didn't have many, but he took some hits. Uh, he pressured a lot. And, and stayed in the game. You know, he's not one. He, so, you know, he's a strong kid to be able to sit there and just know that your offensive line isn't great and you're just going to get hit almost every time you step back and try to throw the ball to give yourself that extra second for someone to get open. Uh, talking about our defense, though, with A.J. Green, everybody's saying, you know, A.J. Green's lost a step. A.J. Green's, you know, not any good. I think it's time to start talking about Denzel Ward as, like, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Uh, well, 
they could not they could not get AJ Green the ball, and most of the time was because Denzel Ward was on Absolutely. him. Yep. Uh, I had it pulled up here because I you know I started. AJ Green in fantasy because he's playing the Browns and our defense is, you know, like uh, just gives up points like crazy. He had three catches on 13 targets. Denzel <laughs> Ward was on him like white on rice. Yeah. So, okay. So for, uh, they lined up 16 routes Ward on AJ Green for 16 routes. He got uh, targeted on seven of those only had two catches uh, for, I think it was 12 yards. Um, <sighs> and then on this? the night, on the night, so when Burrow threw at Ward, he broke up four passes. On the night, Burrow completed three of the nine. So through nine times, Ward broke up four of them and only completed three. So he he broke up more passes than he allowed to be completed. Yeah, he well, a lot of talk last year was that Denzel Ward had a down year, and that's only because he didn't make like the big splash plays because nobody threw at him. If you look statistically, Denzel Ward was – better in a lot of categories than he was his rookie year when he was a pro bowler. So yeah, to have him, yeah, to have him ranked at 16 coming into the season where he was ranked 16th best in the NFL at the cornerback position, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was very reminiscent of like early AJ green career when Joe Hayden just locked him down and like AJ green couldn't do anything against Joe Hayden either. And now I was watching Denzel Ward the other night, like, man, it just reminded me of how good Joe Hayden was I mean he still is, but when he was a Brown, he was phenomenal. And I mean Denzel Ward, yeah, I'm with you guys. He's he is top. He, he's, a he was about... game. His, his Baltimore game wasn't great, but nobody anybody on the Browns roster had a good game. We all looked very very terrible that game. Yeah, that that face says it all, Josh. <laughs> that, that's how I felt about it. But before nice we get it, you game. know. We're going to get into the defense, like in the what went wrong section, but I, I do want to give the Browns. Obviously, I'm not making excuses for how bad our defense is, but we do have some injuries. And let's be honest, the first two games of this season, it's not like we've gone up against scrubs talent wise on offense. We went up against a team that people are predicting might go 16 and 0. And a big part of that is their offense. And then I know Joe Burrow's a rookie, but they've sur- they have a ton of talent around them, especially at the receiver position. So we haven't gone against scrubs yet. So I'll give us a little bit of a benefit of a doubt. Hopefully, with some people coming back, the defense gets better because I don't. We're not going to win many games with this defense because we don't have the kind of offense set up to outscore people. Let me um, let me throw a shout out to another guy that we bashed a little bit last week, which is Miles Garrett. Now, I when I was watching the game the other night or last week, I, I, I kept thinking Miles, he's not, he's still not making an impact. He's really not doing a whole lot. He had a strip sack, which was awesome. Right when we needed it, he got it. That was great. Um, that's the kind of stuff you expect out of a guy like Miles Garrett. But then I saw this stat pop up. It said that. Garrett recorded 12 pass rush wins against the Bengals, which means uh, that's a play where he beat his blocker uh, under two and a half seconds. So that matches his career high in a single game. They said in week one, nobody had uh, more than nine in a game and he had 12 on Thursday night. So one of those stats that don't go into the box score, but it's good to know that, you know, he's flying off the ball and he's beating his guy and, you know, Causing havoc back there. How how much of it, too, guys, is that we can't cover anybody? I feel like as soon as the ball gets snapped, there's like two seconds and the ball's out and there's a receiver 
upfield. I mean, like, they're, don't get me wrong, like, our defense is, for all the expectations that we had, <laughs> I thought that we were going to bring a better product to the table. I, but do you guys think that that's part of it at all? Or Yeah, I, I do. I literally see Miles Garrett rushing in there, and the ball's already out. So, in my mind, our linebackers are kind of like the uh, kids in Little League you put in right field so they can go <laughs> pick daisies and stuff. Like, that's that's our linebacking crew right now. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Linebacking is very, very tough right now. Uh, hey, one thing I wanted to touch on uh, when we were talking about running backs, Andy Janovich played an awesome game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys noticed him, but yes. we had two running backs or, you know, one rush for 80-some yards, another one 120-some. He made so many key blocks. That was such a good addition, and I think the way Stefanski utilizes the fullback is kind of awesome to see. And, you know, especially for an offensive line that, you know, has, you know, banged up a little bit to be able to put in a fullback to help, you know, an extra blocker create some holes. I think that was huge. And I just thought, you know, not a lot of fullbacks in the league and we got a good one and we utilized him well. And I just definitely wanted to make notice of how good he played in last week's game. Hey, Blake, question for you quick. So and now I am I'm going to just preface this i'm being very cautiously optimistic about the browns because i i've seen them play great games and they've been you know few and far between but how yeah as the guy who owns uh kirk uh cousins in fantasy um how much credit are we giving stefanski here because minnesota's offense right now i wouldn't trade i wouldn't take it over the browns no, they're, they're actually, terrible. that's exactly what I put in here. I said, maybe the Browns do have one of the best play callers in football because the Vikings have essentially just jumped off a cliff without a parachute. Playoff team last year. When it comes year. to their offense. What was that? I said they were a playoff team last year. Yeah, and their offense was explosive. Yeah. Yep. That's why we hired Stefanski because look what he did for Cousins and Diggs and Cook. And, I mean, they are – you know, like you said, I have Kirk Cousins in fantasy. And a lot – last year he was solid. I was getting, you know, 20-some points a week from Kirk Cousins. And now I check their box scores and it's halftime and he's two of two passing. <laughs> so they either don't have the ball or, you know, or who's calling plays for them? I don't understand who – I don't, I don't know what's going on, but so maybe Stefanski really is the real deal because we looked pretty good this week on offense. You know, maybe we'll give him a little pass week one. He didn't get to run his really the kind of offense he wants to run because of the way the defense played. But man, we looked real good this week in the Vikings. I mean, Kirk Cousins had negative points until about a minute to go in that game. He didn't even finish with a whole point. <laughs> he, he didn't even finish with a whole point. And I say hey, I still won, but it's crazy. I got 0. 0.77 points from my quarterback and zero from my flex and still won. Uh, who were you playing that week? Goodness sakes. Some bum. <laughs> uh all right. Well, hey, anything else we you know, anything else you guys want to talk about that went right? Uh, I think we touched on a lot of it. I want to talk about uh, on defense, uh, Porter Gustin. Ooh, yeah. I uh, extremely, extremely impressed. Like for a guy that when as soon as they flashed to him, like right at the beginning of the game, I was like, God, I've never even heard of this guy. We are so screwed. We were we couldn't get <laughs> off the field. It would be like, yeah, literally first down, first down, first down, and he started making a couple plays. His box score is not that great. I think he only ended up with like. 
three tackles or something like that. But I just kept seeing the guy making plays. And on that strip sack uh, with Miles Garrett, where he just blew up Joe Burrow, I was like, God, that was awesome. But I also was like, man, I felt bad for Joe Burrow because he got destroyed. <laughs> Porter Gustin had a good camp. He was one of the guys. He took uh, Chad Thomas's spot. Yeah, That's why we cut Chad Thomas. And, yeah, he played well. It said he had four tackles, uh, two solo, and one for a loss. So yep. he definitely, especially too, he didn't come into the game. You know, I don't think probably not expecting to see a ton of playing time, and he uh, he played really well. And I do want to talk about Adrian Claiborne before he went out. He had another sack. I'm pretty sure he leads the team in sacks this year so far with three. He hopefully he can play well through this abdominal injury because he's been huge for us so far. I looked that up too. Uh, not abdominal hip flexor. Oh, but well, hey, I got, I got a yeah, bad hip and I've been got, working yeah. for it. Yeah, I've been working through it for a long time. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, real quick, just uh, another shout out to a guy. Uh, Mr. Double Doint got five for five on his extra points. Absolutely. That's yeah. key in Cleveland. Uh, apparently, we can't make kicks. Now, he didn't get to, you know, attempt a field goal, um, but he will sometime here. I did. Yeah, I did see that a, uh, that the Browns did sign a kicker to their practice squad. Uh, this week, just so maybe they're still not sold on what they're seeing in practice from uh, uh -oh. Parky or whatnot. So we'll see. But we did bring in another guy undrafted. He did. He made a post on Instagram, I think, with like Phil Dawson, something saying, you know, undrafted. You got to take what you're dealt, type of a thing. So, <laughs> hey, I'm just going to go up. Pay tribute to the goat. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if Cybert was our kicker. Thursday night, and we he had to attempt five extra points. He's missing at least one of them, <laughs> at least one of them. So it was nice to see a guy go five for five. And that's a you know special team. So keys to the game, we didn't have any special teams mistakes. You know, we made all our extra points. Um, you know, we pressured Joe Burrow. We might not have sacked him a ton, but we pressured him a lot, which unfortunately didn't it didn't cause him to make any mistakes. He still didn't throw any interceptions, but that wasn't for lack of trying on our part, at least up front. So we definitely, we definitely came into this game, looked more prepared and we just played better all around. Um, that being said, what went wrong, it's pretty much all on the defensive side of the football. Uh, I put in here, how many times are we going to have a team backed up on their own end zone? And we just let them off the hook. Last week, we gave up a 99 yard drive against the Ravens. This week we get the, Stefanski goes for that fourth and one or fourth and two because he's like, you know what? Even if I don't get it, these guys are going to have to go 99 yards. We got them backed up against their own end zone. In the first play, they we uh, go off sides, let them move the ball out to the five. Then they eventually drive the ball all the way into our territory. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I don't know. They get points? I don't remember off the top of my head. I, I, I can't remember uh, if they got points, but even – even if they didn't get any points, it's a huge turn of field position. Um, and they, so we got to, we got to shore up the defense. I mean, how many times it's so Cleveland, by the way, when it's kind of an obvious, you know, they're going to try to get you to jump off sides and we actually do jump off sides. Well, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, to me how we always do it. What about um, uh, what happened? It was, um, I, I guess now I got to throw a, a negative at uh, Parky. Because he kicked off out of bounds. Oh, yeah. Uh, the one after we scored the one time, he kicks off out of bounds, so they get the ball to 40, and then immediately we had a, was it holding offside, something or other, and they got 15 more yards immediately. I'm like, wow, they're on our 
side of the field before they even run a play. Like we can't be doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think I think uh, we had eight penalties for eighty some yards. Uh, you know, so we're better this year penalty wise than we were last year. I think we've had eight in each game, something like that. I'd still like to see it get cut down a little bit, and it seems like it comes in spurts. I'm just about to make a note. You know, hey, we're doing pretty good on penalties this week. We're not, you know, we don't have a ton, and then we'll have like three in one drive. And oh, hey, now we got eight. That sucks. So we got to shore that up a little bit. Um, we got to take advantage if we have somebody backed up against their end zone. Um, I put the D line played pretty decent. We didn't have a ton of sacks, but we put a lot of pressure on Joe Burrow. But other than that, the defense is awful. We can't get off the ball yeah. on third down. And a big thing I put here is they went five for five on fourth down. Yep, five for five. Down. And some yeah. of the, some of those fourth downs were fourth and four, fourth and they weren't you know fourth and inches where they were just QB sneaking it. They kind of yeah, were a lot of the a lot of their stuff at the end of the game. It almost felt like it was typical Browns. Like we're up a couple scores. Let's play prevent defense, like we've seen in the past. And all of a sudden, we let the team right back in the game. They did have two drives at the end of the game: eighty-three yard drive and a seventy-five yard drive. Uh, that last one, the seventy-five yards, was like six. It was sixteen play. They just kept you know, dinking and dunking little five-yard passes or whatnot down the field. But once again, I felt like the Browns were kind of in that mindset of, okay, well, yeah, if they go down and score, we're still up, you know, another score as long as we don't give, uh, give up an onside kick. And I feel like as Cleveland fans, we should not <laughs> ever be in that mentality. Um, Atlanta knows what we're talking about. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> That's what I put in here. I said if we had Atlanta special teams, we might have lost that game. If yep. we didn't know the, the onside kick rules. Were you, oh were you gosh, guys yeah. all sitting there worried at the end? Like I was, I mean, I, I wanted to kind of just kind of lay back in bed and be like, cool, we got to win here. And I <laughs> couldn't do it. I was like, we could still lose oh. this thing. Oh. Which was it? Okay. Did, was anybody, did anybody watch any of that game? What the Atlanta the Dallas, game? The, yeah, the Dallas Atlanta game. I, last, I watched the last couple minutes of it. I was just checking the stat line and just going, oh, my God. So was that the game? I think that was the game that Troy Aikman and Joe Buck did. I think. I can't remember if it was them or not, but when the when Zerline sat the ball down sideways on the turf or whatnot, one of them, if it was those announcers, whoever it was, was giving them a lot of crap. Like, I've never seen anybody try to kick an onside kick like this before without a key. <laughs> it's like one of the greatest things that like I've ever seen. Because the onside kick rolls are stupid now. You can't, you know, get yes. your running start. Um, it's like almost impossible to kick the ball, you know, the typical way of trying to get it to bounce up in the air, because by the time it does that, you're still six, seven yards off the ball. Do you guys um, like, there's a lot of talk that they're going to change it and do like a fourth and 15 type of a thing on your own 20 yard line. Like if you get it, you know, you can obviously try to go down and tie the game. If you don't, the game's pretty much over anyway. What do you guys think about that? I think Josh is going to try to, it was going to bring that up too. Yeah, I'll let you guys go ahead. I'm thinking. I think it's. I think uh, offensive have uh, a better chance of doing that than onside. I think onside kick is. It's like almost impossible. Like I, you rarely, rarely see it in college or in pros anymore. Especially but pros. Special the, teams are so well done. Like they coach them isn't up that, that. Isn't that the point though? Like it's not supposed to be like an eighty percent success right, rate, right? You know right. what I mean? You're, like you're getting a yeah. You're you basically have to catch a team completely sleeping on it. Like, how many and, times do you see a team down with, like, 30 seconds to go and they go for the onside? 
if your special teams gives that up, you weren't ready. You were you were not prepared for that play. Yeah, you weren't coached up. I agree with that. But I, if you think about it, they moved the extra point back because for for a number of reasons. But one thing was it was just too easy, right? I mean, it was just an automatic and blah blah blah. So they moved it back, and now you're seeing kickers miss quite a few extra points. It's you know, it, it's kind of changed the game. So, I mean, if you take the onside kick with the same mentality and say, well, it's now that they changed those rules to make it even easier for the kicking team to recover, it's like, well, now it's kind of stupid to even try it. Like, it doesn't even work. It's dumb. Maybe they do. Right. I, I could see, I would, I'd be in favor of the fourth and, what was it, 25 or whatever, and just let a team yeah, actually have a shot of running yeah, a play. crazy, yeah, to make it to be like almost like it is impossible to – try and do mm-hmm. uh i i like the idea i'm kind of for it too josh i'm in the same way of like the onside kick it just feels like other than if you're atlanta and you feel like it's a hot potato you can't touch it type of a thing <laughs> jump on the ball. Um, the fact that you can't get that running start because pretty much the onside kick that we've seen in the past is okay the ball's kicked and you have like three or four guys that their job is just to run and blow up everybody sitting there trying to catch the ball and you can't do that anymore. You got to hope that the guy who's your, you know, on the hands team, that he just doesn't catch the ball or whatnot. That's your only chance at getting it, um, unless you have some funky bouncer. You kick it a hundred miles per hour and hope it ricochets off one of the guys <laughs> on the front line. All right. Well, hey. So I think we touched on all that. We Josh gave a shout out to Miles Garrett. He had the strip sack. I do still want to see more out of him. Like Justin said, though, some of that could be attributed to the fact that we can't cover anybody. So the ball's out in 1.2 seconds. So <laughs> it's kind of hard for anybody to get a sack. That being said, Adrian Claiborne has three. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, I put, is Adrian Claiborne our best pass rusher? I'm being like a little bit sarcastic, but in all seriousness, if he doesn't get hurt in that game and go out, does he get, you know, I mean, he might have two in each game so far. <laughs> How did you, did you guys like when Burrow tried to get out of the pocket and Sheldon Richardson came back and just grabbed him by the chest and threw him on the ground? <laughs> he tried to do like a yeah, spin move. Awesome. Yeah, it didn't work. I was like, maybe in college, kid, but uh, now pros are a little different. Yeah, no, I uh, I think that we got, I mean, three people that and I kind of read an article, so I'm going to kind of steal some of their stuff, but definitely three people we've kind of been, you know, expecting some things out of that have been our biggest letdowns. Austin Hooper being one back on the offensive oh side. Oh, my God. You know, paying him all that money, what we're getting out of it. And, you know, to be honest, he's he probably can't be too happy either. Like, hey, I thought I was coming here, going to be a big asset, and I got four catches in two games. I could be in Atlanta where at least they just throw the ball the whole time. Um, but so him, Olivier Vernon, um, and I know he's been injured, but I was expecting big things. I thought, you know, coming in this year, he's going to be more healthy. I know the injury thing you can't really control sometimes, but I'm counting against them or whatnot. It's a one of the letdowns. And then uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones back on the offensive side too. I mean, he hasn't even played. And did, we we had, kinda, did we have high expectations for a six-round draft pick that never had a 100-yard game in college? Well, coming out, of, coming out of training camp, yeah. I mean, people were raving that he was going to be our number three. And oh. then he was going to at least – he was going to at least be returning kicks or whatnot and be used on the field. He hasn't even played. I think he was inactive this past week for personal reasons. Yeah, well, but it kind of goes back know. to what Blake was saying too earlier about the way Stefanski's running this offense. I mean, if I'm just kind of looking through the stats here real fast, it looks like as far as wide receivers go, 
we Baker Baker targeted his wide receivers eleven times in the game. Like it doesn't that does doesn't give a whole lot of targets to go around. You know what I mean? For and the third wide receiver was Kadero Hodge. So yeah, which I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he gets in on the plays or whatnot when it's just strictly run plays. I got Odell on my fantasy team, and every time I see Hodge on the field, I'm like, oh, we're running the ball. Here comes another <laughs> run play or whatnot because that's a, I feel like the only time he's on the well, field. Well, what sucks is whenever you're watching the game and you know that kind of stuff, you're like, hey, here's Hodge. We're running the ball. If you're watching the game, you're just your fan sitting at home watching the game. What do you think <laughs> yeah. the other coaches are doing? Like, I don't, whatever. Right. <laughs> Hey, yeah, Cordell Hodge had two catches on two targets. He did. He's he our did. third leading receiver. So, obviously, we didn't run the ball in those two plays. That's because <laughs> we did it, we run it 98 of the 100 times. <laughs> we didn't run the ball. So, I actually put in here, you know, where the tight ends, you know, we haven't seen much from Hooper and stuff like that. I will say this with this game. We only ran, I think, 58 plays. Uh, and then Chubb had 20-some carries, and Kareem Hunt had 10-some carries. We only threw the ball 23 times, and eight different people had a catch. Baker was spreading the ball around a lot, which makes us tougher to defend. It also makes any one player tough, you know, to have a crazy stat line. And so I don't think – I think part of the problem is that the defense sucks so bad that in the second half we didn't – we probably only ran like 20 plays in the second half. And we just didn't hardly have the ball. And when we did, we gashed them. I mean, the one drive, it was like six runs, touchdown. And then we gave yeah. the ball back to them for 10 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, not every game's going to go like this. I think as the defense gets better, hopefully then instead – I think game one we ran like 80-some plays. Uh, so we got to find that middle ground. 58's not a lot of plays to run. Considering we scored 35 points in 58 plays, that's actually pretty impressive. I do, uh, I do have one concern on offense, and uh, it goes back to uh, our goal line offense. How many more times are we going to line up on the one or the two <laughs> yard line and run it and just get absolutely blown up? I feel like I, I saw somebody, I can't remember if it was a tweet or somebody posted something, but they're like, the Browns' biggest enemy is a, a first and goal. And I was like, as soon as I saw it was first and goal, I just went, oh, God. Well, we're definitely going to run it, but Chubb's having a good game, so we should be fine. Oh, God. Oh, he got stuffed. All right, here we go. Well, hey, second goal. Then at at that point, you're kind of – it's predictable. Like, I don't know. I know know we've talked really a lot about the play calling, and it's hard to be like a Monday morning quarterback and say, oh, hey, well, after this, you know, they should have done this or that, but – I feel like we struggle big time in those situations still. You know yeah. what, though? At least we have an identity. Last year on fourth and or first and goal, I remember a game where we had eight plays from the yes. one yard line and didn't score. Yeah. And yep. it, it was like all passes, none to our best receivers. So <laughs> at least, at least we have an identity so far this season, it seems, and we have a plan. You know, we got to execute that plan, but at least we weren't running trick plays from the one. Right. We weren't, we didn't throw eight consecutive passes and not give Nick Chubb any chance at all. So, I mean, sometimes I'm, you I'm get o- stuffed at the one. I'm okay with giving the ball to those guys. All, I mean, if that's what's going to happen, I mean, it's kind of live and die on the sword, you know, like we, We've ran and Raven said how great the offensive line looked and everything. I'm very okay with giving them the ball three times in a row. And if we don't get in, well, then it is what it is. But I'd like to see us get in. Yeah, I I completely agree. (laughs) Yeah, I'd I'd like to see us get in too. But, you know, it is what it is. 
All right. So this last thing I put on here uh, for what went wrong, I said, obviously Baker played so much better. Um, But man, I'd love to see a game where he doesn't throw a pick, you know, and I know he played better, but he only threw the ball 23 times and he threw a pick. I mean, Joe Burrow threw the ball 61 times and didn't throw a pick. I mean, if, if Baker threw the ball 61 times, he might throw four picks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, ba- Baker's interception was a a deep shot target. I, di- I don't know. It sounded like, looked like he did not see the safety there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know it was a broken play. He was kind of moving around. I think he, you know, he saw the guy, thought, I got a guy, I'm going to throw it. And the safety underneath, yeah, he just, he didn't account for it, you know. Right, and, yeah, so. Yeah, one of the biggest things that I kind of talked to Blake on Friday about this is I listen. I like to listen to the inter- the press conferences we gave throughout the week. And then Baker's press conference, a lot of it was uh, he's got to get the ball to where the read tell him, tells him to go. Wherever the, you know, the system is saying where the open guy is going to go type of a thing. And on that play, then uh, the announcers even, you know, noted it on that play, the guy, who, the safety who went back, wasn't that really wasn't his responsibility to go back on that play. He was in coverage on somebody else and just bailed and saw the deep route and went back and ended up going right in front of the ball. So Baker, yeah, I don't think Baker really saw him there, uh, which I don't know how we didn't see this guy just streaking down the field or whatnot with <laughs> nobody else around. Um, but I think that he's kind of got himself in this mentality after week one. Hey, I'm not improvising. I'm not doing anything. I'm going where wherever the play says that I'm supposed to go. If they do this, I'm throwing the ball here. This guy should be open. I think it was one of those scenarios where he kind of did that and didn't anticipate a guy, oh, that's going to jump the route that typically might not be doing that. Or the you know rule says that that defender is not going to do that on this play. And, you know, and I think it's good that he's going to play in the system because the system, you know, is set up for him to succeed. But at the same time, he's the number one overall draft pick. I need him to be able to, like, use his eyes and see defenders, you know, <laughs> like. In in his defense, though, bro, he had a good game. He had a high no, completion rate. No, he had a good I, game. But that was probably his even, worst. That was the only suspect play that I remember where I was like, ugh, that was that was you know that was Baker, old school Baker. Right, but I, I see but what Blake's saying that's though. Is the difference. you can't make it through a game yet without throwing a yeah. pick? That's yeah. that's the thing that sucks. Is like, can we just have a clean, no turnover game, Baker? Please. And you, you know, he played. Like I said, he played a good game. I'm going to give him all the props in the world for playing a good game. But that pick, that game, we, we should have been iced away. And that pick let them right back into it. And how many – I mean, you can play a really good game and still lose because of one mistake. And if Absolutely. the Bengals were any better, you know, that who knows what happens. So, obviously, kudos to Baker. He looked so much better. And it was a game you to build on for Baker, too, I think. Like, he can definitely go up from here. But I just want to see a game without a turnover. Just give me one game where you throw two touchdowns and no picks. I don't think it's going to be Sunday. <laughs> I don't think – if uh, that little bit of pressure caused that – because, I mean, he – the the pocket broke down and he stepped just stepped out. I I don't know, man. He's gonna see a lot of pressure Sunday. Sunday a, Sunday's a gonna be a Sunday's gonna be some pressure. Big tell because I don't think the running. I mean, I think the running game's always gonna have a chance, you know, be successful. But 
if there was a game early in the season against a front, you know, seven that you had to go up and say, hey, we really got to control the game and run the ball, uh, this would not be one of the games you'd circle that you'd nope. want to try to, you know, pound the ball. Now, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully Stefanski goes out there, he schemes it up, and we have, you know, Hunt is averaging nine yards a carry, and we're looking and everything's clicking. Um, but I feel like it's going to be a little bit more relying on uh, – Baker, Odell, Jarvis. I think Hooper's got to get involved this week. Um, and I think that that's going to be – because I think their secondary is not the – their secondary is not great. So that's who we got to attack. Uh, yeah, so, so obviously for anybody watching who doesn't know, we play the Washington football team this week. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, formerly the Redskins. Very good front seven, you know, Chase Young playing up front for them, which is I'm excited to watch him play. I hope he does nothing, but I'm still excited to watch him play. <laughs> uh, like you guys said, I think this – I'm actually really excited for this game because this is going to be the first game the Browns play, I think, where the the offense of the opposing team isn't that great, you know, so maybe the defense can kind of like build some confidence in this game. Um, and then it's a good defensive test, though. You know, so if we can, I think if the Browns can go out and score 21 points, who knows, maybe that'll be enough because I'm not convinced that the Redskins are that good on offense. And, but I, I do think we're going to have to try to establish, I think you have to at least attempt the runs to set up the play action passes. Uh, but I'm, I'm really excited for this game. I think if this is a game that if the Browns win and we score some points, if we put up three, four touchdowns against this this defense, I'm, I'm starting to feel pretty comfortable with what we're going to do on offense. Yeah, I agree with that. And yeah, hope, I mean, next week, I mean, I'm hoping our defense comes out because if our defense looks terrible against what the Washington football team throws out there on offense, uh, I'm not, I, I'm not going to feel good. Even if we get some of those guys back, I mean, we should look better against this team. Um, Dwayne Haskins, not great. They're running back. Young, not great. They have McLaurin as a wide receiver. That's it. They don't have anybody else. Uh, so they rely on their defense. And their defense is – yeah, their, their front seven is legit. They, you can put them out there pretty much about any team in the NFL at I the agree. front. Yep. So, but their, their secondary and everything – I mean, I don't know if you guys watched any highlights, but Kyler Murray made them look silly. That's what I was going to say. I'm, this is I'm going to give some bulletin board material to uh, Baker. You know, I'm going to try to put that chip back on his shoulder. Kyler Murray just tore, tore these guys up. So I'm hope you know I want to get in Baker's ear. People telling him Kyler Murray's the better Oklahoma quarterback. You know, Kyler right. Murray's the better young quarterback. You know, he just tore these guys up. You're going to suck against these guys. So hopefully Baker's listening. That we can put this chip back on his shoulder, and uh, hopefully he goes out and plays well because as good as their defense, their front seven is. Like we said. Kyler Murray went off on them. He 26 of 38, 286 yards. Then he rushed eight times for 67 yards. He he made them look silly. And I don't think Baker's going to rush six times for 80 yards. But if I think Baker needs to go out and play well in this game, you know, or people are going to keep chirping that he's not that good. And I kind of hope he comes in with that chip on his shoulder. Are you guys still yeah. there? <laughs> yeah, we're still here. I, I, you I said it all, Blake. You said it all, man. into the screen at us. So. <laughs> I was talking. Well, I, thought, I, I thought, talking so somebody else could talk. I thought your dog was going to chime like in. Adam Gates giving a press conference. <laughs> <laughs> 
Adam get, I can't believe he's not fired yet. Oh, oh man, it's it's, it's go, yeah, it's, it's coming. coming. Does he make it through the season? No, no. no. Well, okay, Greg, you know what? You know be what? The reason that'll be the reason they'll they'll get rid of him and Sam Darnold will still be the guy. It's because the coach was terrible. That's the that's what they'll sell. I don't know, guys. The turf is bad. <laughs> I will say, Colin Coward, I haven't heard him talking up Darnold in a while. He's all about Joe Burrow now. He should be. So he, he jumped looked, he off that train right. real quick. And now he's all about Joe Burrow's better than Baker. That's all I keep <laughs> hearing now. I'm like, man, just keep Baker out of your mouth for one day. My God. <laughs> but, yeah. all right, well, hey, that's a, that's a preview of the Washington. Hopefully, you know, we'll make our pick. Uh, we won't forget. And then, Zach, do you have numbers pulled up for I how do. we did last week and how we are overall for our game picks? I see that. I yeah, see so. Zach must have just opened his computer because he just illuminated. <laughs> yeah, I just pulled up Excel or whatnot where I got all the – I got the dogs pick them here pulled up. So we had uh, – I came in last, and I thought I had a good week. And I went back and I looked, and I was I went 12-4 and four this past week. And that's last? 12. And, and I was the I was last. Uh, we had Blake and Justin both came in at fourteen and two. Oh. That leaves Josh. With winning. He uh, he won with a fifteen and one record. Oh my! God. Wait, wait, wait! wait. Are you kidding me? Fifteen and one. So yeah, the only game that oh, Josh picked Washington. wrong is he relied on the Washington football team. Oh, you shouldn't have done that. So that puts Josh wow. overall on the lead, right? Because he won yeah. last week too. Yeah, so I got the overall. So overall, we're sitting at Josh total record twenty seven and five, Justin twenty three and nine, Blake is twenty five and seven, two games back, and I'm at twenty two and ten. So I'm five games back. Justin's four games, Blake's two. Josh has got a two game lead on everybody. I know we're not picking against the spread or anything, but. Damn, we're awesome. We, <laughs> when you said that you, you know, had a twelve like, and four record and came in last, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, That's pretty I awesome. Mean, how many times do you see on ESPN these guys pick games and they're like, oh, last week Boomer was three and fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> guys been watching football for forty years, so I don't understand. Maybe we need to be, you know, we're going to take this to ESPN. We'll see if we can get on Sports Center, but. Right. All right, Zach, well, why don't you throw these games out here and we'll make some picks. All right, uh, we got Miami at Jackson. Do you guys want me to start it? Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, for the Thursday night game, I'm going to go with uh, a little Minshew Magic. I'm going to go ja- Jacksonville. I'm actually I'm going Jacksonville also. I know the <laughs> two weeks ago we thought they were going to lose every game, but – Gardner Minshew just doesn't seem to want to let them lose. They almost came back and won again. Yep, yep. I'm I'm with you guys, Jacksonville. Uh, I think they take it to the Dolphins. I'm going Fitz Magic. I'm going to go with Miami <laughs> this week. I'm picking Miami. I got to try to make up some games already. Explains right? so. why you went in last place this week with your crappy <laughs> twelve and four record. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well, here here's my little bit of thought behind it. I think this is a setup uh, that you could see Tua in the second half of this game. Not the whole game, but you might see. Really, you might see two in this game. Plus, yeah. they, the Bills—they played the Bills tough this week. 
You know, if there's ever a time for them to move to two, it's going to be on prime time. I mean, Thursday night, everybody's watching. That could be the night that they're like, hey, you know, get Fitzmagic on that short leash. He throws a pick or two, get him out. Right. And I think that, yeah, that could spark him uh, to a win. We've, we've seen that before. Uh, somebody, coming, yeah. somebody coming in or whatnot and uh, saving the day in prime time. Yep. On a Thursday night. I yep. was there. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, next game, Chicago, the 2-0 and Bears with Trubisky at for Atlanta. Yeah, cool. I'll take Atlanta. <laughs> that, All right. that winning streak comes to an end. I was going to say, Justin, really? I, I'm going with yes. you on this one. Give me, give me the Falcons. I think Matt Ryan just – I don't think that the Bears have the firepower to keep up with how much the Falcons can score. I mean, the Falcons – come on, guys, let's be real. They should be 1-1. One one. Yeah, absolutely. Against a good uh, Dallas is good. They should have beat him. Dallas. Dallas is okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know now. Blake's thinking about this. We got him. We got I'm him. I'm going Bears, man. I'm going Bears. Oh, the Falcons. Man. How many times do the Falcons have to suck? <laughs> like, I mean, come on. How many times do they have to suck? Yeah, I'm. I'm going to go Atlanta though here too, Blake. Especially <laughs> with it being at home. I'm going Atlanta at home. All right, next game, we got the L.A. Rams against the Buffalo Bills. Big game. Two teams yep. that look really good at the start of the season. All right, guys. Oh, I'll, let me – let me. I'll ju- just jump out here quick. I'm going Josh yeah. Allen. Give me the Bills. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to also take the Bills. I'm going to go with the Bills too, but this is a tough game for me to pick because Sean McVay kind of seems like he's got them back to where they were two years ago. All right, uh, I think I picked Buffalo to win that division. I think Josh Allen looks really good uh, at the beginning of the year. Um, even though he's played against two scrub teams and everybody likes to use that, like, ah, oh, you know, look who uh, look who he's played so far in this. He's got like three – he's averaging 350 yards, I think, something like that passing. Uh, so for that reason, I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams because I think they're going <laughs> to There you go. Not a boy. <laughs> So, bragging you up, Josh Allen, just to lose. All right, so we're going to go Tennessee at Minnesota. Poor Minnesota. Go ahead, Justin. You know, I'm like one of those people that, like, eventually you got to pick the the loser to come out on top and, and get that game back. But I'm going with the Titans here because I don't think Minnesota can do it yet. <laughs> we're not there yet. <laughs> Good, I'm, going, I'm going Tennessee as well. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, Tennessee, Vikings, there's no way. No I'm taking the Titans also because the Vikings, to me, look like one of the worst teams in football so far this year. They look like the Browns last year, except with the worst <laughs> offense. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing with Minnesota real quick is, like, their offense has really taken a hit, um, but their defense isn't what it was either. No, they, right. they just lost uh, Anthony Barr for the year. Or yeah. at least for – they lost him for a while. That's another big loss on their defense. Okay, one of the uh, most surprising teams here just from last night, the Vegas Raiders uh, at New England. What would you guys think of their stadium before we make this pick? It's nasty. It's nasty. I saw it in person, and it's awesome. That, yeah. that thing is looking <laughs> sweet. <laughs> it looks nice out there. Too bad it's empty. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the – uh, I mean, that's a crazy good game. I'm actually going to go with the Patriots. 
You you say that like it's a shock. Like I'm actually gonna go with the <laughs> Patriots. I, I literally, I mean, it's. I think it's gonna be a closer game than I. It's, that's a tough pick for me. Like, I, I, but when I first looked at this, it was a tough pick, and then I remembered what I saw out of Cam Newton against the Seahawks. Guys, yeah. I got to eat some major crow on this Cam Newton yeah, stuff. Wow, that dude. <laughs> oh, my Go ahead, gosh. Bro, let me hear it. Uh, come on. I mean, what do you throw? Almost 400, almost, what, 400 yards or so? I mean, it, it, the first week it was all about the running. And it was like, well, is he really going to pass? This week it was like, okay, never mind. He can pass. Like, he's Cam Newton. He is Cam Newton. He's back. Yeah, Cam Newton, Cam Newton looks good. Uh, but I'm I'm riding this Raiders train or whatnot. I'm going I'm going Vegas. I love I love me some John Gruden. <laughs> I'm going Vegas too. Me, Zach, and Peter King all in on Vegas right now. <laughs> oh God, that's best roster in football. Yeah, yeah maybe he was. Roster. Hey, maybe he was onto something. All right, uh, San Fran banged up. Don't know who's going to be their quarterback yet this week at the Giants. Well, you know what? I'm still going to take Nick Mullins, backup quarterback <laughs> against the Giants. Uh, I'm still, I'll still take that all day. All right, yeah, ditto. Give me San Fran. Yeah, yeah I'm going, go ahead, Zach. I'm going San Fran as well. Barkley was playing. I might be tempted or whatnot, but he's out for the year as well. Yeah, give me San Fran. Right, this another- is going to be a team of nobodies playing against each other. <laughs> Here uh, next, we got Cincinnati, Joe Burrow on the road at Philly. Philly, another team disappointing so far. Yep. I'm, uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Eagles based on what I saw last week from uh, Miles Sanders. Another, we just watched uh, the Browns gash him up. Obviously, he's not the same thing as Nick Chubb, but I'll take those, uh, I'll take those odds. All right, guys, give me the Bengals. Burrow's getting his first win, and like I said last week, Philly sucks. <laughs> they keep sucking. I'm, yeah, I'm going, I'm going Cincinnati as well. I'm going to go Cincinnati as well. I don't think that uh, Philly's done anything to help their quarterback out by giving him any wide receivers, so I'm going Cincinnati. I'm going to go with the Bengals also. Um, mm. the, the Eagles look awful. All right. All Bengals. Right. So here, now we got to – this is a – I mean, I feel bad for this team. Okay, we got Houston Texans at Pittsburgh. I feel bad for Houston. Houston you know what? I, Houston, I, don't I mean, could you, could you imagine their schedule and whatnot when they were like it came out and they're like, okay, we play KC. Okay, then we play Baltimore. Okay, who's next? We got to have an easy one after that. Oh, we get Pittsburgh. <laughs> at Pittsburgh. And I know there's no fans, but – I mean, still, what a three games to start out your season. Uh, I, and I'll take the Steelers. I'll buy in on that. I'll take I'll take Pittsburgh all day. Well, I was going to say, there's there's another guy, just like Cam Newton. Big Ben is back. I mean, yep. the Steelers are rolling, baby. I, I, I hate them, but <laughs> they are not going to lose to the Texans. Go ahead, Zach. I'm taking Pittsburgh as well, especially at home. Big Ben's back. James Conner looked better this week. I'm taking the Steelers also. Uh, the Bill O'Brien's kind of a crap coach. <laughs> like, it's I kind of a crap GM, dude. Like, I mean, this guy kind of sucks. Hey, just saying, you know, I, I don't think his leash is that long there. I know that they hired him in as their, like, GM, too, or whatever it is that he's kind of higher up now. But, 
you know, they were a playoff team last year. And I, I just – and he couldn't get along with DeAndre Hopkins. Well, Hopkins looks pretty happy where he's at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, New York Jets, Sam Darnold at Indy against Phillip Rivers. Oh, Good give me job. the Colts. Give me the Colts. Give me the Colts all day. I mean, as much as I am telling you guys that the Eagles suck, the Jets suck. Give me the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking, I'm taking Indy as well. So what do you got? I got Indy. I can't pick the Jets and good for to do anything. You can't pick them. They got a great running game with Frank Gore, 97 year old Frank Gore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, Carolina without Christian McCaffrey for a few weeks at mm. the Chargers, who have their coach came out and said that if Tyrod Taylor is healthy. He's still our guy, even though how good Justin Herbert looked. I think yeah, that's I something that. you got to say that as a coach, though. I think, I mean, especially when you're dealing with a rookie quarterback and you've got a, you know, whatever seven, eight year vet that Tyrod is. I mean, I don't think Tyrod's back this week. I think Herbert is going to play this week. That, that would be my prediction. Um, and I'll definitely take the Chargers. Absolutely. I also will take Chargers. I'm going to go with the Chargers as well. I'm picking the Chargers as well because they look pretty in those uniforms. All right, so we got Tampa Bay at Denver. Uh, no Cortland Sutton, no Drew Locke. Yeah, no, no Von Miller. Lindsay, I think he's still banged up. So, yep. I'm going T. I'm going Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. Yeah, you're not buying uh, the Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> yeah. It looked terrible though against a really good Steelers defense. Yeah, Giving him a little that, bit yeah. of credit. Uh, yeah. So as high as we are on the Steelers, how about I mean the the Broncos gave them a game with a ton of injuries on offense. Yep. And I'm not completely sold yet that Tampa Bay has it all figured out, but I'm picking them in yeah. this game without Christian or without uh, Drew Locke. Well, let's just say that um, Tom Brady is sort of trying to mimic that Jameis Winston season. He's got his three touchdowns and his three picks. So I don't know what he's trying to do here. But with that being said, I will take Tampa Bay. I'm also going to go Tampa Bay. Justin? Also, I'm taking, yeah, also Tampa Bay. All right. All right. Uh, Detroit at Arizona. Detroit looked great to start the game this week. And then. That's what they do. So, and then going against Kyler Murray, I'm taking the better Oklahoma quarterback, Kyler Murray. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Baker? <laughs> He's gonna watch the show. Don't worry, I'm gonna yeah. send. It. <laughs> he's gonna You'll, he's gonna put it up on Twitter this week. So. Zach will post it on yeah. Zach will post it on Twitter like three weeks from now. <laughs> I'll uh, I'm taking the Cardinals also. I'm gonna go Cardinals. All right. Well, here's where I'll jump out. I'm gonna take the Lions in an upset here. Oof. All right. Okay. Big game like, here. Uh, I think this is this would be my game of the week. I don't know if it's America's game of the week, but not, Dallas, not. <laughs> Dallas at Seattle. All right, guys. So Blake wanted to trade away the entire Browns roster for Russell Wilson. I would do it and all the draft picks. <laughs> <laughs> that guy looks so incredible. I mean, the way he can like step up in the pocket and kind of create his own pocket and like shift and move and throw. And I'm like, dude, this guy's amazing. 
Yeah, so you're taking uh, Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going Seattle. I'm pretty sure Russell Wilson is like an almost 80% completion percentage this year. He's thrown one pick and it bounced off the hands of his receiver. And how crazy is it? In, in his career, Russell Wilson has never gotten a first place MVP vote ever. Not one single vote for did MVP. You, did you hear uh, Collinsworth try to say that he would have been the first one to vote for Russell Wilson, but he was late or something to the vote and didn't? get to vote that year or something. He's like, I would have voted for him that year. I'm like, dude, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Monday, Monday morning quarterback stuff. Uh, I'm also going to take Seattle. Russell Wilson looks excellent. I thought I had a great thing with him last year in fantasy and man, good for whoever has him this year. He's, he is doing it. Uh, So I think Russell Wilson underrated. I think he throws the best deep ball right now in football. I mean, he puts it on the money, you know, 40, 50, 55 yards downfield. Uh, but I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, and I think Dallas is going to come out on top. That's why you're in last place, Zach. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I might be in last place this week, but all of a sudden I could overtake you guys next week. All right, so uh, we got Green Bay, who looks really good. Well, at least Aaron Jones looks really good. At New Orleans, who Drew Brees looks really bad. Uh, I'm going to go with the Packers because I think Michael Thomas is a bigger loss for the Saints than they want to admit because he makes Drew Brees look really good. Yeah, I mean, so I watched. Yeah, go ahead, John. Oh, I was just going to say, Zach, did you you said Aaron Jones looks really good? Did you mean Aaron Jones? Or did you mean Aaron Rodgers? Or you just mean Aaron in general? Yeah, it's Aaron in general, really. When it yeah. comes to, when it so, comes to Green Bay this year, yeah. So I'm I'm taking the pack on this one too. Drew Brees did not look good last night or in Week One, no. and I'm kind of concerned that that he might have fallen off the the QB ledge there. I watching the game last night, he can't throw it like more than ten yards down the field. Kind of makes me a little nervous because I'm uh, Peyton Manning got him in the league. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm taking Green Bay. As much yeah, as I want to pick uh, the Saints in the Dome. Yeah, I, you know, Alvin Kamara looks good. Yeah. Uh, but Drew Brees, you know, I don't know if you guys noticed, um, but he's like visibly like shaking his arm almost after every throw. That's one thing. I mean, if you go back or pay attention to it this week, like after he makes a throw, it's like, you know, the pitcher has got a short, sore arm and he's like thinking he can get through the, this last inning or whatnot. <laughs> and he's just like trying to shake it off, get some blood flow in there. He's not, he's not the same guy, and they have a lot of weapons there. Uh, Taysom Hill, get ready. What about Jameis? <laughs> to be honest, I, you know, I forget about Jameis being there because I think that they want Taysom Hill to be their kind of their franchise guy. Um, T- Taysom Hill's like in his 30s, though. Jameis, Jameis Winston, I mean, with Michael Thomas on that team or whatnot, they could be dangerous. Yeah. All right, now this one right here. Now this, I'm I'm looking forward to this one. Like I'm really looking forward to Cleveland's game, but Kansas City at Baltimore is going to be what could be a AFC uh, showdown. You know that we see in the playoffs. On paper, that is game of the year early. I mean, that is crazy that these two are actually matched up already. I think it's going to be a really good game, uh, and I'm going to take Kansas City. Yeah, I'm going Baltimore. I am going to take the better quarterback in Kansas City and Mahomes. I'm going to take what I see as the better quarterback so far this year, and I'm going to take Baltimore. 
I think Kansas I don't City, think Mahomes can be the better quarterback by the end of the year, but I I mean the Chargers defense is good, but they just almost got beat by Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes didn't wake up till the fourth quarter. Now when he woke up, it was finally, you know, he was able to come back and get the win in uh OT, but Baltimore I think that their defense is way better than what was anticipated. I think they'll give Kansas City problems. Here's my thing is even week one against the Texans, the Chiefs got to a slow start. You know, they were down early in that game, and then they had to come back to win, and then they had to come back to beat a Chargers team that started uh, Justin Herbert, not Joe Burrow. And they they just – to me, the Chiefs haven't looked like the Chiefs so far, and Baltimore has looked extremely impressive. So I'm going to roll with them. Yep, I'm going Baltimore as well, so we're split there. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. That game right there, like I said, is excited I am for the, uh, the Cleveland-Washington football game. I got that one circled on Monday night. Absolutely. All right, All right which so- takes us – circles us back, yep. Circles us back up to uh, who's taking the Washington football team to beat us on Sunday. Not me. I know. I know. I'm taking Cleveland, and I'm taking Cleveland to win this game, 35-17. I'll throw a score out this week. I'm going to say oh. like 28-24, Cleveland. Wow, keeping it close. I just think the defense can't stop a nosebleed. So, uh, I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns with a 24 to 17 victory. That's hilarious. That is literally the score I was going to throw out. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say, you know what? I'll just make it a little funny. We missed that field goal and we go 21 17. Browns. That a boy. 21-17. Got it. And Parky's cut. All right. So that's all our picks, right? Yep. That's everything. We got them all in. See who's the leader after three weeks. Awesome. Can't wait. All right, so let's wrap this thing up. Uh, thanks for checking out another episode. Felt uh, way better to be talking about a win this week. Uh, hopefully we can keep that trend going next week after the uh, the game against the Washington football team. Uh, remember to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, stop by next week when we break down our game against Washington and uh, do a preview of the Cowboys. Have a good week, everybody.